being the displaced scientists, it is it is terrible. At the same time, it seems like the picture is like a perfect because you will meet with lots of different people. It's a new adventure. Yes, but did I want it? No. What I am here, I am displaced scientists. I'm your host, Assam Ibrahim, and this is the Science in Exile podcast. In this series, we get an insight into the lives of scientists who are in exile, and we discuss how the past, present, and future of science can be preserved across borders. This podcast is part of an ongoing refugee and displaced scientist initiative run by Science International, a joint project by the World Academy of Sciences, the Inter-Academy Partnership, and the International Science Council. On today's episode, we have Esmara Yoon, a Turkish academic and social scientist. She currently works as an executive secretary at the European Sociological Association in Paris, France. In 2016, when she was still living in Turkey, she signed a petition in reference to the Kurdish-Turkish conflict, which led the Turkish government declaring her as a terrorist and sentencing her to prison. As a result, Esmara was forced to migrate from her home in Turkey. I think it's better if I literally talk about the academics for peace, because that's the core of my story. And this academics of peace, actually, it is it goes back be- before the petition. It is founded in 2012, and it's especially to support the Kurdish prisoners, their uh, demands for peace in Turkey. And uh, but uh, in 2016, uh, there was this uh, there we will not be a party of this crime petition. And uh, after signing this petition, what happened actually it was declared to public through a press conference. The signatories, whose number at the time already it was around 2,338 people. So what happened that hundreds of them immediately have been fired from their jobs. And their passports have been cancelled, confiscated, and um, if they are looking for the jobs and positions at the university in Turkey, or uh, they are uh, prevented from finding jobs, or several were physically and verbally threatened. So, and then uh, they, everything has changed, and the, the signatories, including me, have faced the civil debt through the cooperation of the government, uh, the commissions of higher education, and the university managements. As a result, I had to leave the country because uh, there was a case and the, the, at the court. I gave my statement to the judge, and then the, the case was for uh, including a seven and a half year imprisonment because of the terrorist uh, propaganda and crazy, you know, it's crazy. Of course, I immediately want to leave the country. It was a trauma, actually, because, you know, you're, yes, you, you, you are very sure that you have to do something, and then you're determined to do something, and then, but when it becomes the real, and then when you lost your life, you lost your job, when you, you see that uh, it is becoming serious and uh, you need to leave the country, because it, it, it's a violation, you know, it's a real violation against, you, against your colleagues, against the, the other signatories you're uh, seeing. For example, I remember that uh, one of the colleagues, he knocked my door and then he said, sorry, but in the public places, I'll not say hi to you anymore. Like in the canteen cafeterias, you know, I, uh, you know why? 
because I was a terrorist now. <laughs> and can you imagine? You cannot uh, make your life anymore in Turkey. I have to leave. As I said that when you have a trauma, during the trauma, you are not uh, behaving like a professional because it wasn't my uh, part of my career plan. My career plan was going to stay in Turkey and then have my associate uh, professorship and then continue my life there. Of course, I am not against to be abroad, but it wasn't going to be this way. You know, it, it was not going to be forced migration. It was, I could leave my country, of course, no problem, but it was not going to be like this. It was not going to put your whole life in one backpack and then leave your home. When you realized that you had to migrate from Turkey, how did you decide that you wanted France to be your host country? I was so stressed and I started to think, okay, where I can go, how, what I do. And France was not really my, the top of my list because I don't speak. Before coming here, I was not able to speak French. But, um, you know, in 2017, November, the post is founded in France. And there was an opportunity to apply and look for the host institution. And so it was one of the alternatives that I have. So I applied and then it worked. You've told me that you identify yourself currently um, as a displaced scientist. How would you define that status and how does it make you feel? What I am here, I am displaced scientist. And do I want to carry this uh, this place uh, like a title on my head? No, I don't want. I'm a scientist. I'm a human being. But now my life is really built everything on it because I have to. I have to go that direction. And then I feel like, you know, I, each time I am trying to step out, the life is putting me back in there because it's my reality now. How has your work as a social scientist been affected? You focused your research on migrant labor market integration since your time in Turkey. You're continuing to do research on labor market integration of highly skilled migrants. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about your research? It's about the active labor market policies of the governments and the policy comparison. And it's about the displayed migrants, especially the highly skilled ones like us, and their labor market integration in France. I am trying to understand what are the barriers of these active labor market uh, programs. What are the obstacles of the active labor market programs? You are leaving the war. And then you're coming, but this is another war and it's economic war. Okay. It's not, uh, uh, against the, uh, the development and justice party, maybe like in Turkey, but here it's another, uh, struggle, another pit, another problem. Uh, we call it the integration. First of all, of course, the labor market integration and the secondly, the social integration. And surely the language is the center in France. So I decided about this and uh, my background idea approach was actually it's about the like connection between the university, the state and the business world and the market door. And uh, this is which is known as the uh, triple spiral can support this triple spiral, which means that if you can make the the integration well integration of the business world with the universities and then you can enrich actually by this triple, uh, let's say that triplex spiral. So it's very essential to have educate scientists and innovative approach in different areas of the labor market. So at that point, I think it's important to highlight the displaced scientists as a 
they, they are a trap for the governments or they are an, the opportunity for the government. It is ready workforce. Can you imagine it's a 50,000 euro uh, just for one PhD and then you are receiving lots of people from Middle East, from the undeveloped countries uh, as a Europe country. And then if you cannot really well integrate them into your market, you're just you're just wasting these people. To create the knowledge-based France is necessary. The government has to understand the value of this sleeping treasure. So what's the current state of the labor market integration for highly skilled migrants in France and in Europe, according to research? In France, there are lots of labor market integration studies, but the problem is there are not adequate research on highly skilled displayed migration because when we are talking about the migration, it's not the highly skilled, first of all. And if it is highly skilled, it is not displaced. But it doesn't mean that we cannot prove the discrimination in the labor market. There are lots of interesting studies. For example, in France, I remember a bunch of the academics that from HR, I think they apply for the job with the more Arabic names and with more Western names. And then there was a very significant, very significant difference between the getting the invitation, job invitation. And if you have like a Arabic names, you, you know, it's very really difficult to get even a job invitation. Despite they sent it was a research. They sent the very uh, overqualified CVs. And I would like to give a little bit the terminology again, that brain drain is an immigration of territory educated residents for permanent or long stays abroad, which is mostly followed by decreasing in economic growth or brain export or brain mobilization. Now, uh, lots of European commissions, they, they are talking about this mobilization to make it happen, actually. And so the, the characteristics of the labor market integration of the refugees, actually, the integration is very slow and um, uh, lower employment rates. I'm talking about the EU and lower rates than the natives. So even the uh, for the same job, I can say that, you know, the if you are an immigrant, then you are making less money than the native. And female migrants and refugees get relatively low labor market outcomes, especially in the short run. And the economic market conditions of the host country at the time of the entry can really affect the integration duration and speed of integration. And for me, it's very important to indicate to terminology de-cycling and recycling. And this is as a result of the weak integration policies. You know, the de-cycling is the, for example, you are a medical doctor from Syria or Turkey, and then you accept the work as a health uh, expert, you know, the support expert, like a technician, Still in the same sector, but you really de-skill, de-skilled by the uh, market. Why? Because to get the job. And what you think? Okay, at least it is better than nothing. And uh, let me finish the recycling also. Recycling is, uh, for example, you have a master degree, PhD degree, but if I do the second PhD here for the accreditation of my diplomas or the skills. So we call it as the recycling. It is, again, the really expensive and uh, bad because it is, again, the uh, result of the weak integration policies. There is no reason to decycle them, no reason to ask them to go and then to re-educate. 
to get another diploma, which is unnecessary. And it is really against the uh, the knowledge society, you know, the, the knowledge society, you cannot go with the recycling and recycling because those both is wasting time, wasting the economy. What would you say are some of the ways of increasing the speed of labor market integration for highly skilled migrants? So the my idea was uh, to have a kind of public employment services for the highly skilled migrants to be the linkage between the candidate and the job place, like the um, job opportunity. But the problem is, you know, if you've been teaching at the university since 20 years, then maybe the, the competence, the skills, the knowledge, you have to work on it a little bit to make it a value for the business or the employee. So there you need a program. That was the basic idea of my project, actually. One is uh, the, let's say, the, the create, creation of the job pool from the information getting from the employers and which is a great opportunity for them. And the other part was to be in contact with the candidate itself, the highly skilled migrants in the France and to prepare them for the real job market. Actually, in Canada, in New Zealand, two years ago, there was another project in Bulgaria also. I saw that it, it is working. You just need to put the right elements together and then make them working. Thank you, Esmerayon, for being on this episode and sharing your story and research with Science International. This podcast is part of an ongoing refugee and displaced scientist project called Science in Exile. It's run by Science International, an initiative in which three global organizations collaborate at the forefront of science policy. These are the International Science Council, the World Academy of Sciences, and the Inter-Academy Partnership. For more information on the Science in Exile project, please head over to council.science slash science in exile. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented by our guests do not necessarily reflect the values and beliefs of Science International.